0: I Want to Like You is brought to you by the all-new, totally redesigned Hyundai Tucson. Can an SUV be your escape vehicle? You have no idea. The 2016 Tucson, the official pace car of living. Hello and welcome to I Want to Like You, a weekly podcast from Real Simple about how to handle the irritating people in your life with goodwill and grace. I'm Kristen Van Ocktrap. I'm the editor of Real Simple. And with me today are Amy Morella, who is an expert in wedding decor, special events, floral design, and her celebrity clientele list has grown to include the likes of Gwen Stefani, Tom Cruise, and Jessica Simpson, and Lisa Gachet, who is an etiquette expert and author of Beverly Hills Manners. Amy and Lisa, welcome.
1: Thank you. Hello. Thanks for having (laughs) us.
0: So today we are talking about one-uppers. This is a a category of irritating people that was submitted to me on Twitter by at Abby OTR. So at Abby OTR, thank you so much for this idea. We got two, Amy, I'm assuming you're in Los Angeles, right? Yeah. Or near Los Angeles. So we have two- High-fueled LA experts who where where one-upmanship is probably I don't know one of the local cuisines or something. (laughs) As I was saying to to Lisa before we started, I have trouble in my own mind distinguishing one-upmanship, which I guess we could also sort of look at as like keeping up with the Joneses, and and uh, copycats. But one way I, I can in my own head, sort of differentiate is a quick little personal story, but I think you're, I'm sure you two will have much more kind of relevant, both real life and business world examples about one upmanship But we used to have this babysitter, I've got three kids, and whenever I got sick, she was always sicker. So, like, if I said I have a sore throat, she had strep throat. If I had, you know... You're
2: like, can I just have it by myself?
0: I know, exactly. Like, (laughs) can't I just be sick without you being sicker? It was just the weirdest. And that's, like, I mean, that's probably a whole other podcast because that was a weird, like, I don't know. Is that, like, Munchausen syndrome by proxy or something? I don't know. Like, that was some kind of weird... But she was always one-upping me whenever I had something wrong with me physically. (laughs) So, I don't (laughs) know... I'm not sure if you two have had any experiences like that in your life. But first of all, in terms of both of you, what, when you think of one-upmanship, what do you think the driver is, either one of you?
2: I think a lot of times it's really people, they like to compete with one another. Like in, in you know, the floral industry or weddings, a lot of times it really happens to be with I was just at someone's wedding and I want to make sure my wedding doesn't look just like that. I want it to be
0: even better. I want mm. them to have an even better experience. So, Amy, when you, get, when you have that kind of a conversation, is it a guest who, so like say Susie goes to Katie's daughter's wedding, and then right. Susie says, I want my daughter's wedding to be even better than Katie, Katie's daughter's. Does she know that Katie's going to come to her daughter's wedding?
2: I think sometimes they want to prove that they're different or that they came up with more unique ideas. And they don't generally say it that way, but you kind of know that's where they're headed with it. Like, they never Mm -hmm. want to be the same. They always want it to be, well, I, you know, I was just there, and I don't want it to look like I did that. I want to do my own thing. I want everyone to, you know, think my wedding's got a a unique experience to it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my favorite comment always, always when people say is, you know, I just want it to be different. And, I mean, (laughs) truthfully, it's a wedding. So I don't know, you know, at what point is it that different? You know, it's a wedding. We come, we you got married, we have a cocktail hour, we have a dinner reception, we dance, you know. So sometimes I think that the word different means that it's more special, more
0: unique to people. And do you, like, what percentage of your clients say, I want it to be different?
2: Oh, gosh, a lot. Probably 80%.
0: You know, everyone oh wants their wedding
2: day to be unique and special to their own. A lot of times right. what we try and tell them is, you know, why don't you give us some inspirations of what you like and then we'll try and make something unique to you so mm-hmm. that they feel like they're not copying. And we, we don't want to, you know, as far as floral design goes, we don't want to copy design either. We want it to be unique. But at some point, you know, like you said, the one uppers, is like, well, what else can I do that's different? You know, they want mm-hmm. to try and compete in that space. And in L.A., you know, and I'm sure this is in any city, it's like, how many times have you gone to a wedding at the Beverly Hills Hotel? You don't (laughs) want it to feel like the wedding that was there last weekend, you know? Right.
0: (laughs) Well, do you ever have to dial people back when they say, I want it to be, you know, I went to Susie's daughter's wedding and I want mine to be even better?
2: Absolutely. I mean, one of the the factors that always dials them back is, well, what is your budget? Because we can go, oh. you know, on and on and on. But like, if the, if your budget is, let's just say fifty thousand dollars, but you're giving me a hundred thousand dollars worth of ideas, then we need mm-hmm. to be realistic to really what is your budget.
0: Do you think is there, you know, when you when you look at your competitors in this space, do floral designers try to one up each other?
2: Oh, I think I think we do. Only because we always want to design something, you know, different and fun. It's you know, there's nothing. From an artistic perspective, there's nothing, I guess, more boring than doing the same thing every weekend. You know, you mm-hmm. want to be able to do something a little bit unique. Like, what if we do this? Or what if we change this? And nowadays, I mean, with Instagram, you know, oh, right. you see what everyone's doing. That that's kind of fuels the fire for everyone to try and get more creative, I think.
0: And so, like, to- sort of off topic, but is Instagram, mm-hmm. like, a is that a curse for you? Or is it a... Is it a, um, yeah. gift? a gift? I think
2: it goes both ways. It's funny because um, <laughs> we have some planners that, you know, they will say to us, like, oh, they in- you-, you Instagrammed everything. So now it's not unique anymore. Oh. It's like, or we Instagrammed a lot of stuff. So now there's a lot of great ideas out there.
0: All right. So, Lisa, I want to get Lisa in here. Lisa, what do you think drives... I mean, you deal with all kinds of interpersonal behavior, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? What do you think drives one upmanship? Is it insecurity? Is it narcissism? Like what what drives this behavior?
1: Right, and I have to say, I mean, when you talk about, you know, we I live here in Beverly Hills, and, you know, this is the land of one-uppers. And one of the things <laughs> I was going to add, you know, obviously you're, you're explaining from the wedding and events side. I mean, literally, wherever I turn in this town or anywhere around me, it feels like everybody is constantly one-upping everyone else. And in this town where there's events and there's concerts and there's parties, it's unbelievable. You know, somebody says I... You know, going to this award show and I'm in the VIP room. Well, who knew there was actually a VVIP room? So then all of a sudden you feel like a dunce because you didn't make it into the double VIP room. So wait, wait, wait. Just... Stop
0: for a second. Yeah. Is there really such a thing as a VVIP oh, room? Oh, sure.
1: You know, VIP is no longer exclusive. (laughs) I mean, it's unbelievable, but even mommies, you know, the mommy field is insane, too, when you've got your daughter, let's say, enrolled in dance and piano lessons, you know, traditional classes, you know, from way back when, but their daughter now is in, like, some yogic meditation and entrepreneurial class. I mean, it's just, it's literally (laughs) off the charts in this town. So that, I just have to preface it with that, but... You know, I think it's definitely a combination of insecurity. I think there's an element, for sure, of a competitive nature, anybody who has that just in their blood, you know, that it it kind of compels them to, you know, want to dominate literally every interaction. So it's it's those two things. Plus, a lot of people, no matter how beautiful the package looks, they're obviously overcompensating for something Mm -hmm. else that's lacking in their life. So, you know, whatever that may be, you know, typically people who are happy and content, they don't need the approval approval of others. They just don't seek it, so they don't have to elevate themselves and make themselves look better in mm-hmm. order for the world to kind of bow down to them because they mm. feel it inside. You know, one of the things that I think happens or, or that you need when you come across these types of people is just sort of that ironclad se- sense of self so that you can walk away from a conversation feeling whole. But there are those people that just have that innate sense of self. So they, mm-hmm. you know, they don't get triggered by these other type of people that need to have that constant validation from others. So I think it's, yeah. it's sort of an element of, of a few different things.
0: So when we come back, I'm going to give you some really concrete tips on how you deal with one-uppers in your life. But first, a word from our sponsor. I Want to Like You is brought to you by the 2016 Hyundai Tucson. With striking design and must-have tech, the all-new Tucson is a much-needed wake-up call, a fearless choice, a stunning choice among a sea of sameness. It's an agent of change arriving with an important message. It's time to get out there and live. Can an SUV help you live in the moment? You have no idea. Introducing the redesigned Hyundai Tucson, the official pace car of living. So, Lisa, another question for you. If you are on the receiving end of of one-upmanship, how do you handle... Like, I'll, I'll give you an example. Okay. Say you are so excited because, may, you know, maybe you're a recent college graduate and you just bought your first car and you're so psyched and you tell your friend, oh, I finally got a car, I got this great Honda, I got a great deal on it, now I finally have my own car. And your friend says, that's great, I just got a BMW. Right. <laughs> what do you, if you are Miss Honda... And that person obviously has gone out of their way to let you know that they're one-upping you. Mm-hmm. Then you, of course, are filled with hatred for this person. <laughs> or, <laughs> right, or, maybe, right. or maybe if you're a better person than I am, you're filled with pity that they had to say that to you. But, but you might be irritated, hence this podcast, right, I Want to right. Like You, person with a BMW. So um, how do you respond? What do you do?
1: Well, here's the thing. You know, sometimes people don't even realize they're doing this. You know, there is a difference between sharing and one-upping. And Mm. I think it's all in the, you know, first of all, it's how we, when we kind of talk about these experiences, we're trying to relate one another. But what differentiates, I think, a share from a one-upmanship is the tone and the delivery. Mm. So Mm -hmm. with a share, you know, if it's a genuine share, You wouldn't confuse that with someone who's trying to kind of jab you or sabotage what you just said. I mean, you know, it would never be misconstrued as something hurtful. So one of the ways to avoid that is just to, you know, apply some sort of sense self-censorship and be more mindful when you speak. But if you encounter somebody who shares like that and they've just completely like obliterated you in their, you know, with what they just said, the only thing you can do really is just to smile and just, you know, kind of. kind of let them win I guess that conversation and you just sort of say to them that's fabulous and you know now we can both enjoy that new car smell I mean you know Mm -hmm. something that kind of (laughs) bonds you two together even though you're like shriveling inside and that's where I said we need that ironclad sense of self when we know we're encountering this type of people look sometimes these people are your closest friends And you know you're going to be having an outing with this group or maybe one person in the group who's just always that person who needs to one-up you. Then you've got to just prepare in advance and just decide how you're going to handle it, you know, with grace, basically. Mm -hmm. And other times we're caught off guard. But when you're caught off guard, it's always just smiling, kind of validating them, giving them the floor, giving them the kudos, letting them win, and just walking away going, you know what, I feel really effing good about my Honda, and I'm going to be happy about it, and that girl can drive her Beamer, and I'll honk to her when I see her, you know, on the street or whatever. I mean, that's all you can do, because with these people, you are ne- you never can win, so there's no right. point in keeping up that competition.
0: That's so interesting, because I think when you're in the moment, you're not thinking, I can't ever win. Like, I'm not, this person's <laughs> aim is for me not yeah. to win. Amy, I have another question for you. When you deal with clients who want to do better than the person whose event they just went to, et cetera, mm-hmm. do you feel like are they ever – you know, there's always going to be someone who's had a better wedding or a bigger wedding or more expensive this or more fabulous that or better weather, which you can't control. Like mm-hmm. do, you, right. do you find that the people who's, whose urge it is to one-up, are they ever really satisfied
2: Sometimes they're not. I think it just goes back to what we were just saying, you know. Sometimes it's just in, in them to always want to try and one-up. And they'll do mm-hmm. that with every, you know, every aspect of their life. And they'll do that if they're doing a dinner party or a wedding or something like that where they want it to be more fabulous than the one that they just went to. We always try and bring it back around and say, you know, what? Well, let's just make it, you know, for you. So what works for you instead of referring to the way another another job looked or another, you know, dinner party was.
0: So before we wrap up, I just want to ask you to, you know, if you are the person on the receiving end of this irritating behavior, and <laughs> what do you have – and maybe this – you could give me something from your personal life or just from your, from your, you know, business perspective. Is there some kind of grounding thing that you can tell yourself, like how to kind of grit your teeth and – And just deal with it and take the high road and not get mad or try to engage in in a competition with this person who's trying to one-up you.
1: As I said, I mean, for me, what I said before about just, you know, putting a giant smile on my face and being gracious and and just, you know, walking in with an ironclad sense of self, just to feel whole, I think that that is something that I recommend. I mean, again, when somebody, when a one-upper wants to hold court... The trick, I think, is just to placate them without allowing them to have the floor for too long because you just want to sort of quickly validate and then deflect. Deflect the attention away as soon as you can. So by, you know, kind of like validating that car, let's say, and then saying, hey, you know, did you see, Happen to catch the new Leonardo DiCaprio movie or whatever. You're just changing the subject. So you give them their, what they're looking for, but you don't belabor it. That's mm-hmm. what I would recommend, you know, that's how I sort of handle it. I
2: agree. Just put a smile on your face and you know that you're never going to win with them anyway. So exactly. whatever you say, they have something else to add. Mm-hmm. So it might just be best to say, you know what, we're going to move on from this one. <laughs> yeah. You win. Here we go. I think put a yeah. smile okay. on your face and say, that's fantastic.
1: I'm so happy for you. Right, because when you do that, they have nowhere left to go. It sort well, right. of kind of makes the, con- the conversation, it has ended
0: well, you're taking yourself out of the game.
1: You are, you know? and that's the thing. Yeah. You know, it doesn't it doesn't have that rub. There's no friction anymore because they right. won. Yeah. Right.
0: Okay. So that's one life instance when letting someone else win. I'm sure there are many, many others, but not for today. <laughs> when uh, when letting <laughs> someone else win make means you win. Okay. So that's it for this week's episode of I Want to Like You. We have had Amy Morella, who is a Wedding decor and floral design expert and, and who founded The Hidden Garden in Los Angeles. And Lisa Gachet, etiquette expert and author of Beverly Hills Manners. Amy and Lisa, thanks so much for being here today.
1: Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you.
0: Our producer is Tim Einenkel. Please let us know what you think of this show. Our Twitter handle is at Real Simple. Or like at Abby OTR, you can tweet ideas for this podcast directly to me at Kay Van Alck-Trop. For more on irritating people and how to handle them, go to realsimple.com. And of course, subscribe to us on iTunes. For Amy Morella and Lisa Gachet, I'm Kristen Van Ogtrop. Thanks for joining us.